chapter 30, verses 25 to 43. Jacob's prosperity. Verse 25. Now, it came about when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me depart. For you yourself know my service which I have rendered you. But Laban said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. And he continued, Name me your wages, and I will give it. But he said to him, You yourself know how I have served you, and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I turn. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? So he said, What shall I give you? And Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this one thing for me, I will again pasture and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages." So my honesty will answer for me later when you come concerning my wages. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. And Laban said, Good, let it be according to your word. So he removed on that day the striped and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one with white in it and all the black ones among the sheep, and gave them into the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plane trees and peeled white stripes in them, exposing the white which was in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink, and they mated when they came to drink. So the flocks mated by the rods, and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. And Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. And he put his own herds apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Moreover, it came about whenever the stronger of the flock were mating that Jacob would place the rods in the side of the flock, in the gutters, so that they might mate by the rods. But when the flock was feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So the man became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks and female and male slaves and camels and donkeys. Amen. Now, the prosperity of Jacob. This prosperity manifested in his flocks. Verse 25. This happens after Rachel bore Joseph. This means that all of these sons, 11 sons were born, and this one daughter at least, so at least 12 children here at this point were born. And we know from this period, the period that this narrative was verses 25 to 43 in terms of raising up and 
gathering more sheep and goats. This was a six-year period that it occurred. We know this from verse 41. Uh, that is Genesis 31, 41. Genesis 31, 41. He says, Jacob is speaking. 31, 41. These 20 years I have been in your house. I served you 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages 10 times. So six years for the flock. This is how long it takes for him to accumulate enough wealth to be satisfied with it to leave the land of Laban, which is Padan Aram, and go back to the land of Canaan. His total time away from Canaan was 20 years. Well, it says in 25, when he initially wanted to leave, he says in 25, send me away that I may go to my own place and to my own country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me depart. For you yourself know my service which I have rendered you. Well, he wants to go and he sets the true condition of what has happened before Laban. I've done all this. I did it all the right way. You know my faithfulness, my righteousness, my diligence in the way I worked. I didn't cheat you. I didn't do anything wrong. So now let me go. And don't create a problem. Don't create a conflict. That's what he wants. He wants to leave in peace. He wants to leave in peace. We're going to end up seeing that it's not going to be possible because of the way Laban was. But this is what Jacob desires. And he probably even anticipated that. That's why he's saying it like this. Laban, in his own crafty way, verse 27, said to him, If now it pleases you, stay with me. I have divined that the Lord has blessed me on your account. Stay with me. I have divined, I have discerned, I have figured out that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Which is not a new concept. That when the people of God are practicing righteousness, their righteousness in terms of benefit to those around them it, it helps them it, and it benefits them when one is practicing righteousness and God blesses the righteousness of the one. Others are also blessed, which is also what happens here. And he continued, name me your wages and I will give it. But he said to him, you yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased to a multitude. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household also? Okay, so Jacob, by this exchange, he's saying, You know that I took care of even your belongings very well. And now I am also acknowledging that this was a blessing of God. The Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But I really need to leave. I know what you're saying is true. And I know I've been faithful to you. But I need to go and provide for myself. So he said, what shall I give you? Laban is willing here, at least ostensibly willing here, to let Jacob go. So Jacob, being an honest man, being a hard worker, he says in 31, You shall not give me anything. He doesn't want anything from Laban as a gift. 
He doesn't want anything just like that. He wants to earn it. That's why he says, you shall not give me anything if you will do this one thing for me. I will again. He's been doing it for 14 years, but now he will do it longer, which ends up being six more years. I will again pasture and keep your flock. So that's the arrangement. I will keep your flock. And then when I do keep your flock, we'll see in a moment that the ones that come out a certain way, that are born a certain way, I will keep and the others you keep. And whatever I keep will be my wages. And I'll be happy with that. And I'll leave you. And we won't bother each other anymore. That was the agreement. So the specifics of the agreement, verse 32. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from there every speckled and spotted sheep and every black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats and such shall be my wages. In this part of the world, sheep were usually white and goats black or dark brown. Sheep were white and goats black or dark brown. But he's saying the speckled, that is with small spots, or the spotted with bigger spots, and even later the striped, those three kinds, if they exist with the exceptions among the sheep and among the goats. So if they're not all solid colors, then those that have these uh, specks and spots and stripes, I will take those and you keep all the ones with the full color. Okay, that's the arrangement. And verse 33, So my honesty will answer me later when you come concerning my wages. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, will be considered stolen. Laban agrees, verse 34. Good, let it be according to your word. Why would he agree? Because in Laban's mind, he's thinking, well, usually... For the most part, the vast, vast majority are going to come out of the womb solid. So I'm going to be very, very wealthy. And Jacob is not going to be so wealthy. But Jacob, he doesn't know what he's talking about or he hasn't thought ahead. And so Jacob is, he's such a goober. He is such a simpleton that it's not going to work out for him. So that's why Laban, who is a crafty man, he thinks that he, he thinks that he's going to win, have the upper hand over Jacob. That's why he agrees to it in verse 34. Okay, well then, they remove the ones that are already striped, speckled, and spotted among the flocks. And it says in 35, So he removed on that day the striped and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, everyone with white in it and all the black ones among the sheep and gave them into the care of his sons. And he put a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. Now in 35, it's Laban removing and Laban putting into the care of his sons. And in 36, it's Laban who is putting a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob. Keep that in mind. So even at this point, Jacob is letting him take the lead in the separation 
that is separating in the flock to know who's going to have which ones, Jacob going to have all the spotted ones, and Laban all the solid ones. Okay, Jacob is having Laban do that. And then Laban keeps a three days journey between these flocks and herds. Why? To make sure there's no mixture and to make sure none of them are mating between each other, right? So there's no mixing, no confusion. Keep a distance uh, between them. And it says in 36, Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So going out of his way to help Laban, his enemy, his father-in-law, but still one who has been practicing some animosity and enmity between him and Jacob. We know this, the, the clearest example is the betrayal in chapter 29 that Jacob thought he was marrying Rachel, but he married Leah before he got Rachel. Such as, that, that's the biggest example in the preceding chapters. Okay, so we see Jacob's willingness, Jacob's diligence manifested here. Now the question is, in 37 to 43, is Jacob doing what's right or wrong? Let's see what he does and then answer the question about right and wrong. 37, then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain trees. Um, poplar, almond, and plain trees. Three of these trees, and he peeled white stripes in them exposing the white which was in the rods, right? Taking off the bark and peeling the outer part of the rods. On the inside, it's white. So he peels and exposes some of the white in the rods. And he set the rods which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the gutters, even in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. And they mated when they came to drink. That would be a typical place for them to mate when they are being watered. And then also they would um, usually mate twice a year, but both in the springtime and in the fall, in the spring and in the fall. And so they could, they could bear twice a year. And so why does he do this though? Now, we know what happens in this text. What happens in this text? Because the colors of the rods are a mixture, and they're placed right there when they are mating, right there where they are being watered and they mate, they come out with mixed colors, or spotted, speckled, and striped, right? They come out like that. That's what Jacob intended to happen, so that when they were born, he would have more of those than those with the solid color, which would be given to Laban. Outside of Scripture, from one commentary, there has been some research done in this that not only these animals, but other animals have... There's some research that shows that when animals have something like this happening while they're mating, for whatever reason their children are born according to what they see, such as these mixed colors. And Jacob knew that. 
That's why Jacob did that. Now, whether this is completely divine, entirely divine, and instructed by God for Jacob to do it, which is one option, or if there is some proof that even physically this happens because when these flocks are fixated at looking at something while they are mating, whatever they see, the, the children born of them, they end up having a resemblance to what they see in terms of color. And if we want to discount the physical, completely physical aspect of it, there's at least the divine aspect, if that's not the only reason, the divine. And I'll come back to the divine part in a moment. Okay, then we see in verse 39. So the flocks mated by the rods and the flocks brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. So it works in verse 40. And Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the striped and all the black in the flock of Laban. And he put his own herds apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. He's making sure about this separation. 41. Moreover, it came about wherever or whenever the stronger of the flock were mating that Jacob would place the rods in the side of the flock in the gutter so that they might mate by the rods. But when the flock was feeble... He did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Now, what would be the difference between stronger and weaker in terms of time of year and birth? Well, it would have been if they mated in the spring and then gave birth several months later, that those would typically be stronger children, stronger flocks. But if they made it in the fall and gave birth earlier, uh, early in the next year, in the spring or late winter, then they would be weaker among the flock. So Jacob knew this. He did it, did it this way. He kept the strong ones and gave the weak ones, the feeble ones, to Laban. 43. So the man, that is Jacob, became exceedingly prosperous and had large flocks. So that's what we just read, the large flocks. And female and male slaves and camels and donkeys. So if you have a lot of all of these, you are, you are certainly prosperous or rich. Okay, now in this last part, did this happen by Jacob's... Um, Mere ingenuity, mere human knowledge, did it happen that way? Or was there a divine ordination or even a divine command to do it like this? Let's look at chapter 31. Chapter 31, verse 5. 31, 5. Jacob is speaking to his wives, Rachel and Leah. Verse 5. He says to them, I see your father's attitude that it is not friendly toward me as formerly, but the God of my father has been with me. And you know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. However, God did not allow him to hurt 
me. Verse 9. Thus, God has taken... Actually, let's also read verse 8. If he spoke thus, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth speckled. And if he spoke thus, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock brought forth striped. Thus, God has taken away your father's livestock and given them to me. Also go to 16, 31, 16. Surely all the wealth which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and our children. Now then, do whatever God has said to you. In 16, this is Rachel and Leah answering Jacob. So far, we've been reading Jacob's statements. And Jacob has said three times that he thinks God has helped him. Rachel and Leah confirm that they believe God has helped Jacob do this. But did God say it himself? Yes, look at verse look at verse 10. 31:10. And it came about at the time when the flock were mating that I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream and behold the male goats which were mating were striped, speckled and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, here I am. And he said, lift up now your eyes and see that all the male goats which are mating are striped, speckled, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow to me. Now arise, leave this land, and return to the land of your birth. Who's talking here? It says in verse 11, angel of God. But notice it says in 13, um, I am the God of Bethel. And also in verse 13, where you made a vow to me. By this point, the New American Standard Bible capitalizes the M of me because they believe God is speaking. And I think they're correct. They think God is speaking and they are correct. Since in 13, he says, I am the God of Bethel. Uh, Also in verse 12, after describing how the flocks are coming out, Striped, speckled, and mottled. There's a key word right there. Why did they come out that way? Why were they born that way? Because of Jacob's, merely Jacob's ingenuity? It says, for. For means because. Because I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. That means... Jacob did this according to the will of God. God blessed Jacob in this action. In this action of verses 37 to 43. God was behind it. Speaking of this passage in the previous chapter, also verse 43, it says, The man became exceedingly prosperous. Exceedingly prosperous. The the best example of what it means to be exceedingly prosperous in the midst of dilemmas or in the midst of distress 
in the midst of anxiety and problems and tribulations in life. That's what Jacob was experiencing, right? He was in jeopardy because Laban wanted to exploit him. And yet in that period, six-year period of uncertainty, God blessed him. Correct? Well, go to Genesis 39. Genesis 39, verse 1. Remember, Joseph, one of the sons of Jacob, when they became adults, or older than little kids, when they were adults, what happened? His brothers sold Joseph as a slave into Egypt, right? And verse 39, uh, chapter 39, verse 1. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, so he became a successful man, or prosperous man. Became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant. And he made him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. And it came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. Joseph is in the midst of affliction. He's a slave, forcefully put into slavery for no crime or no sin of his own. He's forcefully put into slavery. So he's a slave in a foreign land. Most likely he did not know the language of the land. And he has to learn everything and go from there. But while he's there, he serves diligently. He loves God. And Potiphar, his master, sees that because of Joseph, that Potiphar, he himself is blessed because of Joseph. That's the same with Jacob and Laban. They see that relationship between the two. Since we're in Genesis 39, remember Joseph is um, slandered. He's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Potiphar chooses to believe his wife. And then Joseph is thrown into prison. So there again, another tragedy happens to Joseph. He's in prison. Well, the jailer soon puts Joseph in charge of the whole prison, right? And it says in verse 21, 21, But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. And the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. God prospered Joseph because of Joseph's faithfulness and obedience to God. The same with us, right? Yep. Are we not to do the same? No. To be faithful and, and obey. Uh, to use a, an example or two from the New Testament. 
And why do we do that? Why do we always, if we're studying the Old Testament, go to the New Testament? We have to go to the New Testament because many people think, well, that was just in the Old Testament and it does not work that way today. But no, it does. It does work that way even today. Um, Ephesians 4, 28. Ephesians 4, 28. 4, 28 of Ephesians. Let him who steals, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what is good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. If we are thieves, we ought to stop doing that, but labor with our own hands, doing what is good. Why? Not just to provide for ourselves, but have enough to share with him who has need. Don't just live paycheck to paycheck, but have enough to be able to help those with a need. So you have more, and because you have more, you're able to help the people around you. What if we're dealing what if we're dealing with a very a very irritable, unreasonable kind of ruler, master, dictator? What if we have to deal with such a one? First Peter two eighteen. First Peter two eighteen. First Peter two eighteen, servants be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor, if for the sake of conscience toward God a man bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. For what credit is there if, when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if, when you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. This finds favor with God to endure mistreatment. Of course, Paul's not saying if you can escape the mistreatment, try to escape it. You know, if you are a slave, like in that situation, save up enough money to purchase your freedom, get out of slavery. But meantime, have the right attitude and work hard and serve even your unreasonable master, and this finds favor with God. And if you do that, maybe God will bless you so much that you will accumulate plenty of wealth to purchase your freedom. So in the meantime, you're going to help your unreasonable master until you are able to walk away from him because you have your freedom. So we are also in this way to behave Practicing diligence and awaiting the blessing of God. And that's what we saw actually with Jacob in the first half of this section. From 25 to 36, he himself is announcing to Laban, which Laban cannot deny. He says it first on his own. The Lord has blessed me on your account. Right? So he knew that that was happening. And this is the way it should be with each of us as well.
He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Amen.